Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Friday, February 26th, and this is your FT News Briefing. U.S. equities went down again on Thursday, and bond yields rose as fears over inflation continue to hit investors. And the former head of Petrobras fires back at Brazil's president after being ousted as CEO of the country's state-controlled oil company. Plus, getting vaccines to African countries has been a slow-moving process. We'll take a look at how COVAX is trying to pick up the pace. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. U.S. bonds had quite a sell-off yesterday. Seems Federal Reserve Chair Jay Powell's efforts to soothe inflation jitters earlier in the week did not last. Investors fear that prices will pick up as economies recover from the pandemic. Bond prices tumbled on Thursday, and yields on the 10-year Treasury climbed above 1.5% for the first time in over a year. Stocks also fell. The S&P 500 ended Thursday 2.5% lower. The Nasdaq closed down more than 3.5%. I'm joined by the FT's markets editor, Katie Martin, to make sense of all this activity. Katie, can you remind us why inflation makes investors sell bonds? So inflation is kryptonite to the bond market because if you own bonds, you get paid a fixed rate of return every year or whatever the schedule is. And if inflation rises, then that eats into the real returns that you get out of these investments. And the reason this reverberates around markets more generally is that one of the main reasons why stocks have been flying high ever since the coronavirus crash last year is precisely because yields are so low. So it's a little bit of a toxic mix. Ironically, what we might find is that last year the economy was in a huge hole because of the virus, but markets were shooting higher. Maybe this year we're going to start to see the global economy recover, but stocks really run out of steam. So because it doesn't seem like countries are going to ease off monetary and fiscal stimulus anytime soon, not just in the U.S., but really you know, around the world as the pandemic rages on, um, what does that mean for inflation in the bond market? Well, that's an interesting point, right? Because the people who say, listen, calm down, let's not get too worried about this pickup in yields that we've had in bonds, point out quite rightly that the Federal Reserve in the States, the central bank there, has been very, very clear about this. We are not going to raise rates, even if inflation gets up to our normal target rate. The problem is that it's very easy for central bankers to say we're going to keep policy on hold, even if inflation picks up, when it does actually start to pick up investors think they're going to want to see the whites of the eyes of the policymakers and see if they can really hold with this promise, even when inflation starts rattling higher. So right now, it's a concern. Yields are rising. If that rise in yields really accelerates and it starts to get a bit unruly, then we've got a problem on our hands. A bit about bonds. Let's move to SPACs, because what would be a conversation with Katie Martin without SPACs? Um, What exciting SPACs have you noticed this week? been some good stuff, right? So already so far this year, we've seen 174 SPACs launch in the US. These are special purpose acquisition companies. And the idea is that you get a couple of people together and they raise a load of cash from investors and they can kind of spend that on whichever company they want to take to public markets. And um, and this week, one of the more eye-catching ones, uh, there's a SPAC that was launched by the former editor of Cosmopolitan magazine. She joined forces with the co-owner of the New York Islanders ice hockey team. 
with a mission to tap into millennial consumption habits. So uh, this week, what could be more of a millennial consumption habit than buying a clearing firm, um, <laughs> Apex Partners? These guys, they do some of the kind of plumbing behind equity trades and crypto trades and all that sort of thing that are becoming incredibly popular with young retail investors. And they're going to take this thing public and it's a 4.7 billion dollar deal. And what would Charlie Munger say to that? Nothing good. Warren Buffett's right-hand man has uh, been making some scathing comments about retail trading and about SPACs. He may have a point, but for now, the music is playing and so people are dancing. Charlie Munger, at 97 years old, bah humbug to SPACs. (laughs) Exactly. Katie Martin is the FT's markets editor. Thank you so much, Katie. Pleasure. Brazil's president, Jair Bolsonaro, got some parting advice from the outgoing CEO of Petrobras. The man he fired last week, Roberto Castello Branco, yesterday told Bolsonaro, if you want to have a market economy, you have to have market prices. Bolsonaro came to power campaigning on free markets, but last week he fired Branco following a dispute over gas and diesel prices. Rising fuel prices sparked big street protests by truckers. Bolsonaro's decision to fire Bronco is seen as an attempt to reassert more government control over Petrobras. There's talk he may artificially limit fuel prices. The Brazilian president may also be looking ahead to next year's elections, and he wants to consolidate support among key constituents, which includes truckers. African countries are struggling to vaccinate their populations against coronavirus. Sources tell the FT that the African Union will pay three times more for Russia's Sputnik V jab than it's paying for the Oxford-AstraZeneca inoculation and the Novavax vaccine. But this week, Ghana became the first country to receive coronavirus vaccines as part of COVAX. It's the World Health Organization-backed program for low- and middle-income countries. It's the beginning of what's being called the largest vaccine procurement program in history. David Pilling is the FT's Africa editor, and he's here with me now to talk more about this. David, first off, how does the COVAX program work? Well, there are 92 poor and middle-income countries, and they were asked to express an interest in COVAX. Almost all of them did because COVAX is offering free vaccine. So they expressed an interest. They gave COVAX a vaccine plan, and now they are waiting for vaccine to arrive. How significant is this in the context of the broader effort to get vaccines to developing countries? Well, it's very significant because while vaccines are being rolled out in rich countries, in the US, in Israel, in the UK, in the UAE, very, very few have yet reached Africa. And now at least there are signs that the logjam has been broken and vaccines are beginning to arrive. Yeah, could you provide a little bit more context, David? How far behind are other African countries and and other developing nations in vaccinating their populations? Well, the picture is a little bit varied, but you know that vaccines started to be rolled out in the UK in December in the US. And the UK, for example, has vaccinated 27 of 100 people, or there are 27 doses that have gone out for every 100 residents. In most African countries, there are zero doses that have gone out per resident. Almost no countries have received any doses at all. So they really are a very long way behind. And the richer countries of the world have got off to a sort of screaming start. So considering the varying levels of success, is COVAX the best answer to this vaccination problem? 
Well, COVAX, I think, is one answer. What COVAX has promised is to deliver vaccine this year that will cover 20% of the population uh, of the recipient countries. It may even be able to raise that to 27%. That, of course, depends on um, whether manufacturers are able to produce enough vaccine. But 20 or, or even 27% is not enough for herd immunity. And if that is what countries are aiming for, they will need to secure vaccines from other sources, either from other multilateral type deals or through bilateral deals. African countries, for example, have joined up through a, an organization in the African Union that has secured orders for hundreds of millions of doses of vaccines to supplement COVAX. Again, of course, they'll only be able to use those when they actually arrive. And there is concern that there are manufacturing log jams and that it will be the rich countries who are paying more for vaccines that get their vaccines first. Now, separately from COVAX, we reported recently that French President Emmanuel Macron called for wealthy countries to send a percentage of their vaccine supplies to poorer countries. You know, what do you make of this initiative and what kind of impact could it eventually have? Well, I think eventually is the key word. I mean, a lot of richer countries have ordered vaccines that would cover their populations many times over. Of course, the problem is they don't know exactly when these vaccines will arrive. They don't even know in some cases whether these vaccines will pass through regulatory approval. So some of these are kind of theoretical orders. If more vaccines arrive to the UK or to the US than they need, then it would obviously be logical that they would share those with the rest of the world. The problem, however, is time and speed. And what a number of organisations, including the WHO, have been saying is that it would be crazy from a global perspective if, say, rich countries were to vaccinate all of their populations while health workers in poorer countries still hadn't received their first doses. But there is probably still the ability to begin to write that. Um, and donations, but donations now, would be one way of achieving that. David Pilling is the FT's Africa editor. Thank you, David. Thank you. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Fiona Simon and me, Mark Filipino. Our editor is Jess Smith. We had help from Gavin Coleman, Michael Bruning, and Amy Keane. The theme song is by Metaphor Music. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 